welcome to Living Freely Podcast, where our mission is to provide you with down-to-earth topics on mental wellness and realistic tips for living life more balanced and achieving optimal mental health. Living Freely Podcast is brought to you by Norfolk, Virginia Public Libraries and is hosted by myself, Rachel Ann Dine, licensed professional counselor with 15 years in the mental health field and very passionate about providing you with realistic strategies. With new episodes coming out weekly. Join in as I tackle relevant topics for personal growth, one podcast episode at a time. Be well and live well. Welcome to episode 25 of Living Freely. I'm so glad that you have joined in today to listen in. We are talking about a topic that transcends any person, any experience. It's something I have no doubt that we have all felt, and that is fear. So today I want to talk all about how to start letting go of fear to make life work for you, understanding what fear is, how it can hold you back, and ways that you can check yourself and move past the fear to really try to achieve what it is that you want from life and what you have always wanted to do. So I want to just really quickly jump in. We're going to go straight to the literal definition of fear and start from there because I want to give you a great foundation to jump off of Fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. So I would even venture to say that in causing pain, sometimes fear, we we worry that it will cause us emotional pain just as much as in some situations it could cause physical pain. So I have to put that out there. Now, here's the other caveat statement. I'm going to go ahead and kick this episode off with normalizing the experience of fear in your life. So believe it or not, when fear pops up, it doesn't mean that you are abnormal or there's something wrong with you for experiencing what I consider to be a biological experience of living. In many ways, fear can almost be adaptive and you can always use that experience of fear to gain deeper sense of self-awareness, you know, to try to seek a better level of understanding as to where is this fear coming from? Can I trace this back to being a child? Is this a negative message that I received from my family that I'm going to be, you know, non-successful in my life? Or where is this fear coming from? Because as I always say, definition equates to clarity. And when we're able to recognize why that that sometimes pesky experience of fear is coming up, we're better able to overcome it. So I cannot encourage you enough to always check in what is going on with me. We are actually going to talk even more deeply about that, but I want to share a couple different of the top fears that can sometimes hold folks back and Hopefully, this would maybe help you identify which fears you want to overcome or just to kind of aid in that journey of clarity and better understanding. So these are taken from Lifehack, top 10 fears that hold back life. And so number one is the fear of rejection. 
Many people will avoid entering into a new relationship or trying to meet someone new or going for that great job that you've always wanted because there is that underlying fear of being rejected. So it comes with the territory of trying new things, but that fear of rejection has a likelihood to pop up. And so it's really understanding where is the fear of rejection coming from? Is it triggering old wounds that I've had? How can I start to overcome it? The second fear that is one of the top fears that most folks experience is the fear of failure. One of the top fears without a shadow of doubt is failure is not doing well. And so a lot of times it can even prevent a person from taking action. So most people won't even try something new unless they are 100% sure or confident that it's going to work out and be successful. But as I'm sure you listening know, it's sometimes hard to know in life whether or not something is absolutely going to pan out the way you want it to. And one of the great mental reframes for dealing with that fear of failure is to understand and recognize that failure is a normal part of life. And learning from the things that maybe we consider failures can even help us find an eventual sense of success. I always liken this fear of failure to anyone who's achieved what maybe could be considered success in their life. They will often share and tell you that there were many moments where they felt like they had failed or they acted the lesser version of themselves. But I think one of the common traits of folks who overcome fear is that instead of allowing the fear of failure to hold them back or prevent them from taking action, they use it. It becomes adaptive, almost you know, as part of a plan, really, as a way to to strategize, how do I do better? How do I overcome this? What can I learn from it? So that is just a helpful tidbit I want to throw out there when it comes to the fear of failure, because it can certainly cause a person, because they're so scared of failing, to not take action. Okay, this third one, this is a biggie, especially if you experience anxiety. The fear of uncertainty. So the fear of uncertainty often will prevent people from trying something different. They often may worry, what if I don't like it? This fear of uncertainty can prevent people from trying new things or doing things differently from the way they've always done. So part of feeling anxious, a big trigger for anxiety is the unknown. Not having a plan in place, not knowing if something is going to work out, not knowing the results of a situation. And it just goes right hand in hand with the fear of uncertainty. And so to avoid that unpleasant experience of walking into the unknown, sometimes the fear of uncertainty can also hold a person back because, let's just be honest, sometimes it feels more comfortable just to stay in our same paths, not branch out and push ourselves because 
growth can be extremely uncomfortable. And if we don't like that feeling of the unknown, then it's hard to try something different and even engage in that sense of self-growth. So number three, the fear of uncertainty. Number four, the fear of loneliness. I'm going to tell you what, the fear of loneliness will keep so many people in relationships that are unhealthy, even downright bad due to the fears of loneliness, of having to start over, of having to be alone. And so I have seen time and time again how that fear of loneliness will cause a person to sacrifice their own needs, their own wants, and they almost start to tolerate accepting less than what they deserve just for the sake of feeling unsure and having that fearfulness over being lonely. So learning how to tolerate feeling lonely, learning how to tolerate being okay by yourself and finding ways to keep yourself company, to be your own best friend, can help to start to manage overcoming the fear of loneliness. But the fear of loneliness is real and it does come up, especially in terms of wanting to decide whether or not to end your romantic relationship. That's probably the most common time, the common theme that I have seen play out time and time again. Number five, the fear of change. So it goes without saying, we live in a world that is rapidly changing. Let's just go back to the past year where we have literally been living in nonstop change, whether it's kids going to virtual, then they're back in school, then they're back virtual, or maybe you've had your doctor who they went back into the office. Well, now they're back virtual. Maybe it's been the same with you working from home. It has been nonstop just change hitting us from all different angles. So the the piece of this is, is that so many people fear change. And as a result, there can be a resistance that comes up. And the fear of change can cause a person to almost become stagnant if you're not careful and even miss out on some really great opportunities in life. And so I know that I'm referring to there are certain things that happen, changes that are outside of our own control, just in terms even of what I was talking about with COVID. But even I have seen pop up, and this may resonate with you, sometimes people will turn down a great job opportunity because it would be change. And there can be that sense of avoidance. If you listen to the last episode on communication skills, if you or someone that you know identifies as being passive and trying to avoid uncomfortable experiences, the fear of change is always going to hold you back. Really, at the end of the day, any fear giving into it and giving it too much power is always going to hold us back from achieving what we want and living our lives the way that we want to. And so it's just important to remember. So number five, the top fear that can pop up is the fear of change. Number six, the fear of loss of freedom. Although we should have, in some cases, some fear of the loss of freedom, and this could be in any capacity, 
But some people will allow this fear to really hold them back. So people may enjoy the freedom that they have as a single person and as a result, potentially avoid serious relationships due to a fear that they won't be able to tolerate that loss of freedom. And sometimes the loss of freedom will accompany a serious relationship. So it's important to balance being independent with dependence and continue to maintain your freedoms. How many of you listening even as you reflect on your life journey have heard and had maybe friends, maybe it's been you yourself, you got involved with someone romantically, they were a wonderful person, you really enjoyed their company, but there was that fear over how much life was going to change, you were fearful of losing your sense of identity, your sense of freedom, and it held you back from engaging in a romantic relationship. I'm bringing this up because I know that it happens. Sometimes we don't talk about it. Sometimes we don't hear it come, you know, uh, put out there. And it's just important to recognize that that fear of the loss of freedom can come up. One great reframe is instead of thinking of it as, okay, I'm going to start a relationship. I'm going to sacrifice my freedom. We have to start reframing this as I'm choosing to be involved in a romantic relationship versus it's a sacrifice. If you're going into a situation already feeling like you're sacrificing something, it can in some ways breed a sense of resentment. But if it is your choice and you're an active participant, why not just call it by that? It's almost the same thing as you really want to reach a very important goal. Maybe it's a fitness goal. And so instead of going out after work, you choose to stay home because you know that you have a long, let's say it's a marathon, a big marathon the next day that you want to run. Instead of saying, I'm going to sacrifice a night out on the town, it's I'm choosing to engage in an activity that I love, and that's why I'm staying home. So that tiny tweak in our language can really be powerful. Number seven, though, keeping it moving, the fear of being judged. This comes up all the time. So before you know it, sometimes if you're not careful, as we've talked about in previous podcasts, you can narrate an entire story that's not even true. And so people who worry that they're going to be judged negatively by others will at times stay away from social opportunities or even chances to advance careers. People who really, really feed into this fear of being judged may exaggerate how others will perceive them negatively and underestimate their ability to tolerate not being well-received by others. So they may allow that fear of judgment to prevent them from putting themselves out there by writing that story that, oh my gosh, if I get rejected, I will never be able to handle it. I've seen this come up with people who want to start new projects. So if I put myself out there and somebody says something rude about what I'm doing, I don't know how I'm not going to be able to handle it. And before you know it, you've now talked yourself out of taking action and making life work for you. So it's just something to keep in mind. So that fear of being judged is real. 
The eighth top fear is the fear of something bad happening. So this can be a similar experience to anxiety. So worrying about something that has not even happened. Now, there are situations where we can be proactive planners, and it's something I call a preventable error. We can try to avoid a preventable error to ha- from happening. This is where companies and businesses have policies in place, because if it's a preventable error, they want to go ahead and create a policy surrounding it. And so even when it comes to your life, let's say you're going to take a road trip, a preventable error would be to get your tires checked, get your oil changed before driving across the country. But the fear of letting the fear of something bad happening enter the scene and grow so much oftentimes can cause a restriction in activities, a restriction in carrying out activities that you want to achieve. At the end of the day, bad things will happen in life. It is inevitable. There are so many things outside of our control that can happen. But if we give into avoiding due to the fear of something bad happening, it can really cause us to miss out again on a lot of great opportunities or just being that version of ourselves that we always have wanted to be. So the ninth top fear is the fear of getting hurt. So number one, it's completely appropriate. And in fact, for all of these, these are all very, you know, normal, typical fears that will come up. And if you experience these, it doesn't mean that anything is necessarily wrong with you. It's just a great starting off point for recognition that, okay, I'm experiencing fear of getting hurt. I'm experiencing fear of being judged. What am I going to do with this fear? Am I going to let it win or am I going to push through it so that I can do what I want to do in life? The same goes for the fear of getting hurt. This is an extremely common fear that can come up, especially when you're entering into a relationship. There can be a big fear of being emotionally hurt, which then prevents a person from entering into a relationship. It can cause a person to avoid friendships, keep family at arm's length, skip romantic relationships altogether because a person can really start to paint this picture or write that story that they would never be able to handle getting hurt. I have to say, it never ceases to amaze me how much people can actually overcome and deal with if they just would watch the thoughts that you're having in your head. Because those thoughts can really, really cause a person to feel like they could never handle something, they would never be able to overcome it, so on and so forth. And so the fear of getting hurt, though, is the top ninth fear. And moving right on into top fear number 10 is the fear of being inadequate. So one of the top fears that many people share is that they're just not good enough. Maybe you just don't feel good enough or worthy enough or capable enough. And this can cause a person to pass up on great opportunities, whether it's in the workplace, professionally, or personally. And sometimes this fear of being inadequate can also cause a person to overcompensate for their fears by trying to be a perfectionist, 
However, being a perfectionist, we know, is not attainable, and it can cause a person to even spiral a little bit more deeply into feeling anxiety and being plagued by thoughts that they just don't measure up to other people because once we place that pressure pressure on ourselves to be perfect, it creates an unattainable, unrealistic goal, which then only feeds into feeling more inadequate. So really quickly, let me run down these top 10 fears one more time. We've got number one, the fear of rejection. The second, the fear of failure. Number three, the fear of uncertainty. Four, the fear of loneliness. Five, the fear of change. Six, the fear of loss of freedom. Seven, the fear of being judged. Eight, the fear of something bad happening, nine, the fear of getting hurt, and 10, the fear of inadequacy. So the next step I want to take you through is six signs that fear may be holding you back. And that way we can name it and claim it. And if this is happening, we're also going to talk through some strategies that you can implement to start to let go of these fears so that you can create the life that you want, be in the relationship that you want, and just be the person who you want to be. So you probably know by now how much I love a great self-assessment. I love the experience of increasing self-awareness, kind of seeking understanding on emotional states. And so I'm going to be pulling from mindbodygreen.com. 10 signs fear may be running your life and how to get it back on track. Because I want you to understand if fear is holding you back from creating the life that you want. The first sign is if you find yourself striving in vain for an impossible to achieve standard of perfection. When a person becomes afraid of criticism, failure, or rejection, sometimes it can cause someone to do anything to try to become perfect, to not ruffle feathers, to not hurt someone else's feelings, which then, you know, can make a person stuff emotions down instead of attending to your own needs. And truly, that mask of perfection of always wanting everything to be done to a T, to be perfect, it separates you from what you really most want. And that's real intimacy, love, and acceptance for your true self because no one's perfect. And if we're always trying to put that mask on, how can you really be in touch with who you are? So if you find yourself striving in vain for that impossible to achieve standard of perfection, this is a sign that fear may be running your life. And I would even encourage you to take it a step deeper And understand, where is this need for perfection coming from? What am I trying to prove? What am I trying to avoid? So just some things for you to think about. The second sign that fear may be running your life is if you settle for less than your dreams. I think about if you are considering starting a new romantic relationship and you find that you're just making a lot of concessions for this other person, maybe even some excuses. So maybe you know in your core, I have a lot of concerns. I have some doubts, but I am also really scared I'm going to be lonely for the rest of my life. So let me go ahead and just start being with this person. This is something to to pay attention to. This can happen with deciding to take a new job, not take a job, just 
settling or making all of these concessions in your life and trying to make up excuses for why you're doing that. I always think about the well-meaning group of friends who maybe you are having reservations about dating someone and your friend tells you, oh, you just, your standards are just way too high. Just be realistic. Be realistic. And so I just want to put it out there. Settling isn't being realistic. It is a symptom of fear. Everyone has different needs and different wants in life, and you have to start by identifying what do you want out of your life? What do you want from your job? What do you want from your partner, your ideal partner? And not allow the fear to enter the scene and cause you to settle for less than what you want. Okay, so the third sign that fear may be running your life is if you say yes when what you mean is no. When you're constantly afraid to disappoint people or get rejected if you don't say yes, sometimes it can cause you to fall right into the fear-based, people-pleasing, self-sacrificing behaviors that lead to resentment. So when fear is no longer running the show, saying no can feel like an act of self-love. It is a comes from a place of confidence. If you want to learn more about saying no and setting healthy boundaries, I did do an episode all about setting healthy boundaries. I would highly encourage you to listen to in addition to an episode on self-love because it is so important. And as that quote floats around in our stratosphere, No is a complete sentence. This doesn't mean that you're a bad friend, you're a bad parent. It doesn't mean that you're not going to devote yourself to being generous and hospitable. It basically means that you are attending to your own needs and that any acts of service that you decide to put forth stem from a genuine love-based motivation versus saying Yes, or saying no out of fear that you're going to hurt someone else. So that third sign is that if you're a yes person, essentially, so you're saying yes when what you really mean is no. Number four is if you say no when you mean yes. Okay, so when you're afraid, you're going to be very unlikely to take risks. And this means that you'll start to say no to so many people, places, and things because you're scared of being rejected. There can be that fear of inadequacy coming up. And just saying no because you're afraid to fail. Even in some cases, some people can be afraid to succeed, afraid to stir things up, and then even afraid to get out of your comfort zone. So we've got the flip side. If you're saying no, when what you really mean is to say yes. And I think about these examples where you really want to start your own business, you want to have a baby, you want to take an art class, a cooking class, or take that trip that's been on your bucket list, but something inside of you, there's that fear popping up over what's going to happen. It could even be the fear of uncertainty. And you end up saying no when it's really something that you've always wanted to say yes to. So the fifth sign that fear may be running your life is if you numb yourself with food, alcohol, technology, or even excessive busyness. And I will go ahead and put out there that busyness can be 
it can go under the radar. Let's put it that way. Because oftentimes our culture celebrates people being busy, being people being successful because they're so busy and they do so much. But at the end of the day, staying busy can be a form of avoidance, whether it's emotional avoidance, maybe you're unhappy in your marriage, so you just stay so involved with so many different things, but it's something to pay attention to. It also goes without saying, if you find that you're numbing yourself out with food, alcohol, or technology, which has become so much more accessible and widely used these days, it's just something to tap into and examine a little bit more deeply. What's going on in my life that I feel like I need to consume extra alcohol at night? Am I unhappy with a different area? Truly, fear causes inner pain, which we can sometimes just very much try to numb out with substances and behaviors. But when we increase the substance use or the excessive busyness or the technology use, we're only slapping a temporary Band-Aid on the pain and ultimately decreasing our self-esteem in the long run because we're not growing. We're numbing. We're not growing. And From being uncomfortable and trying new things and pushing ourselves, that's where growth happens. And so when you're you're not afraid to be quiet with yourself or face what we call the inner demons, if you will, and heal from the core, you may find that you no longer need the distractions. So when we start to recognize, okay, am I numbing out with food, alcohol, technology, or busyness? You understand, okay, I need to do something differently to change this. And then it almost can increase a sense of courage to really jump in and start to do that transformational work that can really lead you to a sense of freedom on the other side of the journey. If you're interested in exploring this, you know I will always recommend trying out individual counseling. There are some great resources, whether it's a Google search of therapists near me, if you're in the United States. It's psychologytoday.com. You can type in your zip code, pull up a list of area therapists, read their biographies, and really tap into this journey if you find, okay, I am numbing myself. What's going on here? Okay, so the sixth sign is if procrastination is happening a lot. When you're afraid of putting yourself in the arena because of fear of failure, success, uncertainty, judgment, criticism, or even being rejected, sometimes it can cause a person to stand on the fray, to stand on the sidelines where you feel safer. It can prevent you from taking action. When you decide to face fear head on, motivation replaces procrastination. So you're not just going for it based on a fear-based need to just make it happen. Instead, it's almost a conscious choice to move towards what is causing you fear and try to overcome it. So it's a much more powerful approach. But if you find that you're procrastinating a lot, it can be a sign that fear is running your life or that there is some anxiety at play there. Number seven, if you struggle to make decisions. So when you're afraid, you avoid making the decisions that you know that you must make. I 
firmly subscribe to and believe that every person is their own best expert. Because no one else lives inside of our heads. Only you live in your mind, know what your intimate needs are. But if you struggle to make decisions, it can be indicative that there is some fear going on. And fear is always going to hold you back from making a decision that you know that you need to make. So I think about leaving the toxic relationship, quitting the job that you just cannot stand and you feel is the worst match for you, struggling to make the decision. It can come in the form of even deciding to set boundaries with family and being terrified of the uncertainty. So struggling to make decisions, that's definitely one to keep in mind. Okay, so number eight is if you identify with and even sometimes describe yourself as a control freak. So when we're afraid, we feel the need to micromanage everything. This can also be so easily applied to when we experience anxiety, sometimes for high achieving uh, in people who have high functioning anxiety, it can cause a person to go into that control mode. It gives a false sense of security. So it's very important to recognize, am I constantly needing a sense of control? And what is that about? What am I scared to let go of? Or where is the fear coming from? All right, number nine, if you find that you are essentially keeping your thoughts, your needs, and your statements to yourself, you're not expressing yourself. So when fear is running the show, It will almost always cause you to avoid speaking up for what you believe in, to identify what you need. It can cause you to not be assertive in your communication. And if you find that this is happening quite frequently, it can be a good indication that there is some fear running the show. All right. Last but not least, number 10, if fear is running the show, it can cause a person to become sick. Believe it or not, if we ignore psychological issues, struggles that we're having, they can manifest themselves in our body. It can literally cause someone to have a weakened immune system. So it can trigger stress responses in the body that can put you at risk for high blood pressure and make it hard for the body to heal itself. So fear isn't just that uncomfortable emotion that can hold you back from following your dreams. It can also trigger that low immune system. It can interrupt your sleep. Fear can be tied to depression. Fear can be tied to anxiety. So it's so important to keep these in mind. I am, just as a quick review, 10 signs that fear is running your life. Number one, you find yourself striving to be perfect. Number two, you're settling for less than your dreams. Three, you say yes when what you really mean is no. Number four, you say no when what you mean is yes. Five, there's numbing yourself out with food, alcohol, technology, or that excessive busyness. Six, procrastination is occurring a lot. Seven, you're struggling to make decisions. Number eight, you're feeling this insatiable need to be in control. Number nine, you are not stating what you need or expressing yourself or practicing assertive communication. Number 10, 
you are becoming physically ill. So those would be the top 10 signs that fear may be in control. Fear may be in the driver's seat right now. So how do we go ahead and start to let go of the fear so that you can create the life that you want to live? So I am pulling some of these strategies from HuffPost.com, how to let go of your fears. And number one is that we have to identify what are these fears. I would even encourage you to write down what your fears are. Is there a fear of failure? Is there a fear of not succeeding? Let's write it down. Get it out of your head. Put it onto a piece of paper or at least verbalize it to yourself. That way it almost takes the power out of it. Because truly, I can't say it enough, fear of failure, fear of being rejected, these are all normal. These are all part of the human experience. And so if you at least have the courage to write it out, to verbalize it to someone who you can be vulnerable with, you're halfway there. You're able to at least get it out of your body, out of your brain. The second step I always have to encourage you to do is take it deeper. Go into even further details by writing down main areas of your life and making lists of areas where you feel there are some blocks going on. This task can always help you dig even deeper into where the fears are coming from, what's causing them, from your job to your career to your relationships. This is a time to self-assess and evaluate all the things that you could potentially even guess are holding you back. Don't forget that your circumstances may change all the time. And one of the biggest favors that you can do for yourself is not to allow yourself to live in the past. We can pay homage homage to the past, but let's not stay there. So if you have had past experiences that have happened that you believe are causing fear in the here and now, let's write it down. Let's at least pay a little bit of attention to it, but let's not, we've got to distinguish between the negative things that have happened, and whether or not it's an active choice, am I going to continue to let this hold me back or am I going to actively move forward? All right, so the third step is to analyze. So now that you've either mentally reflected on a list of your fears or you are dealing with them one by one by writing them out, what is causing you to feel afraid of it? What would happen if you don't succeed? What would happen if you got rejected? Play it out in your mind. Really, what would happen if the potential relationship didn't work out? What is causing the fear of failure? Is this coming from expectations that were placed on you for most of your life? Is this coming from expectations that you placed on yourself because you're trying to prove who you are? The attitude and the experiences that you associate with specific events are so important. We've got to make the important ties between where are these fears coming from and how are they showing up in the now. So the fourth strategy I encourage you to hold near and dear is to really examine and change your viewpoint. Perspective will make or break you. And If you have a viewpoint that is telling you that you are not going to be successful or there is the 
fear of being rejected, fear of inadequacy. In order to cause the fear to go away, we have to face our fears. It's the same experience with anxiety. If we continue to avoid in life what makes us feel anxious, it only causes the anxiety to grow because we're not facing what's making us anxious and showing ourselves, oh, okay, it's not that bad. The same goes for fear. So it's it's playing it out in your brain. What would happen if it doesn't work out? If I if I'm not successful, you know, I think about the example, you know, someone may have fear, I'm afraid I won't be enough. And so then I would encourage you, take it a step deeper. Where's that coming from? Why are those thoughts coming up for you? And maybe we trace it back to, well, my family member told me that nobody would be accepting of me or I had an ex-partner who told me I would never find anyone better. And then we question ourselves, is this fear real? And what do I really think about it? Is that real or is that just feedback that someone gave to me? So it's, once again, I always talk about this, but it's walking that middle line between logical and emotional thinking. Fear is an emotion. And if we get too rooted in the emotional side of fear and letting it get to us, it will cause us to really believe those emotions. But we have to remember, emotions come and go. Fear will come and go too. So really start to get comfortable with identifying what is my viewpoint? Where did this viewpoint come from? Where did I get this perspective on my life? And how can I start to navigate that and change it? The fifth tip is that it's always okay to have a plan B. Part of having a plan B is to recognize you're human and sometimes plan A doesn't work out. It's not going into a situation. I don't believe that it's going into a situation thinking that you're going to fail and that's why you have plan B. No, it's being realistic. If this doesn't work out, what else would I do? It's really logically kind of looking at all the different options that you have in your life. And when executing plan A, it's all about recognizing and going for it to the best of your ability so that you can walk away from the situation saying, I've done everything I could and I'm going to accept what I have and I'm not going to fight it anymore. This can be the same experience of deciding to let go of an unhealthy relationship. As we've talked about, that fear of loneliness can always cause you to stay into a toxic relationship, whether it's friendship or romantic, for much longer longer than you know that you should. And so it's recognizing, I've talked to this person. I've tried to make a valiant effort to make the relationship work. I can walk away knowing that I've tried everything I could. And sometimes that has to be good enough. It really does. And it's okay for you to have a plan B in mind. This could be applicable to really any situation. So Always remember to examine where those fears are coming from, literally just writing them down or at least mentally or verbally processing them to yourself. It also helps to talk about it in therapy. Just another quick plug for going and talking out your fears or to somebody who you really trust. We've got to go into details. Let's get to the nitty gritty of where these fearful messages are coming from and how we can start to 
just disprove them. Third, don't be scared to analyze your fears. Understand where your, how your previous experiences may be causing fear to come up in the now and then deciding, okay, I'm either going to choose to give into the fears because I, I am going to write that story in my head that I can't handle it, or I'm going to consciously choose to acknowledge, okay, I'm having fear, but I'm going to work through it. Then we've also got recognizing your viewpoint, understanding your perspective. Maybe you just had a family member, your your parent who raised you, that was very fearful. And as a result, you kind of learned to have the same fearful viewpoint. Once again, it's consciously deciding, I'm going to face my fear. I'm going to at least give it a try. And in giving it a try, it's okay for you to have a plan B. It's okay for you to go into a situation weighing out all those options and having different plans, different plan A, B, C, and D that could work. It's when we get too rigid in our thinking that it can prevent us from being flexible and being adaptable and realizing that sometimes failure is a part of the journey. So I hope that this has normalized the experience of fear, given you some strategies for facing it and even some better understanding for whether or not fear may be running the show in your life. I want to go ahead and just round out this episode with two beautiful quotes all about fear and how it can affect a human being. So the first one is, inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit home and think about it. Go out and get busy. That was by Dale Carnegie. And I love it because it is essentially encouraging folks to go out and face the fear. Sometimes that's the only way of overcoming it. The second quote is by Eleanor Roosevelt. And she says, you gain strength courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You're able to say to yourself, I have lived through this horror. I can take the next thing that comes along. You must do the thing you think you cannot do. You may be surprised at how much you can accomplish and how much fear you can let go just by facing it. And so here is to you, as always, living well, being well, and taking control of fear and not letting the fear control you. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to Living Freely Podcast, where we are bringing you all of the down-to-earth and realistic information on achieving optimal mental health. Like what you've heard, consider giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts so that we can be enjoyed by other listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We will see you next week.